Hey everyone, it's another episode of Surviving Creativity. We got a special one today. Donna and Scott Sava are a very unique couple. Um, they've been married for quite a long time. They've raised two amazing twin boys. And they've ushered in a, a number of creative children as well. And they've done it as a team the whole time. Uh, Scott is an amazing cartoonist, painter, and author. And a couple years ago, they had the crazy notion, starting from literally nothing, to make a feature-length motion picture. And when you finish this podcast today, you can head over to Netflix and watch it. So here's my interview, part one, uh, with Donna and Scott Sob. So, Donna and Scott Sava, how long have I known you guys? Oh, geez. Since the late 90s. Forever. I remember begging you for a, I was like, you guys had a push cart at San Diego Comic-Con, and I was like, <laughs> we got it. What, what can we give the Savas to borrow their cart? <laughs> and you were pushing not only a, 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 a very coveted push cart, you were pushing around a stroller full of babies. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, Lord, that that's was definitely right. eighteen years ago. Yep, that yeah, that was a long time ago. Oh my God, yeah. long time. Yeah, their first con, they were five months old. Yeah, that was yeah. that she's was. Got, a, she's got pictures. They she nuts. would take them to the peanuts booth every yeah. year, and so she got pictures of them with. Oh, actually, yeah, there's one of them. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. they were with Snoopy so they, every year. They would yep. she would take them to, to go meet Snoopy. But my favorite, my favorite, favorite picture, and I sent them the pictures, and then and one year. They were both still in the stroller, and they had to have been like two or three, and they were both asleep. Yeah, because they had to and, wait for Snoopy, and they yeah, fell asleep. Yeah, they fell asleep so waiting for him. So she's got one of Snoopy pushing he's, the... He's pushing the stroller with his little <laughs> nose over the top. Oh, oh, God. Cutest picture ever. So, You know, but what's what's uh, very heartwarming about thinking back on those times and, and the time we spent with you guys and going to Little Italy. What was the name of that restaurant we went to in Little Italy? Felipe's. Felipe's. When I met Kevin Grievous and I kept saying to you, is he putting on that voice? And you're yeah, like, that's his voice. <laughs> that's his voice. But, uh, it, you know, spouses are truly the unsung heroes of uh, the comic industry. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, um, I've thought about doing a whole series where I just interview spouses of creators because they're equally as much creators as the as their creator yeah, husbands or wives or our partners, but like, there's no way I would have been able to survive those San Diegos without Angie. There's just no yeah. fucking way. There's just no way. And they just, there's so all these fucking wives and husbands are so beset upon with our neuroses and all of our craziness and just the nuts of the show and imposter syndrome and anxiety oh, and all the stuff that's wrapped up in it. Like, but it's fun. It is. It was fun. But I remember, I remember, and I'm curious if you guys have a similar moment in your marriage, but I remember turning to Angie one time we were driving and I said, I just had this horrible real realization and I'm terrified to ask you, but so much of our life has been the Scott show guest starring Angie. And I'm worried like 
do you resent me for that? That we've been so focused on making my dream come true that we're not worried about what are you, what are you, what's your dream? What are we going to focus on Angie? When it's, when is at the Angie show, you know, with Scott in a supporting role? And I'm terrified to get the answer. And she says, oh, are you fucking kidding me? Thank God this came along. You were terrible in the corporate world. And I was. <laughs> I kept getting fired. <laughs> She's like, you were. You could not play the game. You were so bad at corporate politics. You, you did not know how to navigate it. I was so stressed out when you were working in the private sector. Thank Christ you had this to fall back on. <laughs> and it's the first time anyone described the cartooning part as the backup plan the plan b <laughs> yeah. and i said you need to call my dad and tell him right now that this the whole time this has been plan b <laughs> but i remember uh, being i was like i wasn't so bad she's like you were the worst yeah God. gosh no we we um it's always been art there's always been art well, here, and i've here's always a story. loved his art here's a story so we're making animal crackers and well, yeah, before we start down the road of animal crackers, I have two questions for you yeah. about that because I do want to discuss it. One, how tired of you are, are you of telling this fucking story? Oh, never. Yeah. Okay. I'll never be and, tired of it. And two, how, how much of this do, are you willing to share with the audience? Every bit. Okay. Every bit. Yeah. Th then so, let's but, go for it. So, so, so imagine this. I've been married to her. We're an open book. This We're is so open. This is, Him more let's than say me. This is 2015. So we've been married since 2003. So that was. No, honey, we've been married since uh, 1993. 93, sorry. So that's uh, <laughs> All right. 22 years. I the do 20 the same thing. I say 2006, but it's 1996 too. Yeah. I don't know why I do it. <laughs> so at that point, you know, we were married for 22 years. And, I, you know, I mean, I've known her at that point for easily 25 yeah. years. And I ask her if she wants to, if she wants me to, to write a role for her in the movie. And oh. she's like, and she's like, really? I'm like, yeah, you know, I mean, it's, it's of course. So I, so I created, uh, uh, Petunia, the fat lady, you yeah. know, and, uh, Oh, and so, thanks. <laughs> so, but she, she goes in, we fly out to Los Angeles. She gets in the studio. She gets to meet John Krasinski. <laughs> she did all this stuff, whatever. We come home and then she tells me, okay. She goes, <laughs> Ever since I was a little kid, all I've ever wanted to do is be an actress. What? I've known you most of my life and you've never uttered those words. It's only until after the fact that she co-stars in a movie with Emily Blunt and Ian McKellen that she goes, oh yeah, by the way, that's something I've always wanted to do. Like, you know, it could have been something that we worked towards. You could have, you know, we, we, we could have worked on that together. But no, no, she just... Kept it to herself and never, never I uttered a word was, to it. I thought it was silly, and I never liked my voice. And I just thought, I don't know. I'm not pretty enough. I'm not good enough. I'm not whatever enough. She I don't will know. tell me just, every bodily function, every thought that goes through her mind, everything. Right. But she won't tell me this for thirty years. Yeah. <laughs> I, Whoops. <laughs> it's it's the know. weird. It's the weird imposter syndrome stuff. You know. Yeah. You know. I think. I think it is. I think it yeah. is. You're just like, you know, and I, he's, he's always, when we first started dating, okay, so I'm 19, he's 20, and I, I watch him and I see things and they just magically appear on the paper. This is how I always have seen this. And I wasn't, and I'm no shade on my parents at all. Like it was 
in my house, it was never like pursue your passion. It was always do something so you can get a good job and you know, whatever. And that's fine. That's fine. Um, but I never took a deep dive into what I would really Her love to do. parents didn't encourage anything right. impractical. Right. It okay. was always, yeah, thank you. That's a good way to put it. And so I just sort of, any kind of crazy dreams I thought I had, I put on the back burner. And um, yeah, so kind of funny. <laughs> it's like, that was really cool. I really like that. And it was fun. And I've always I've wanted, always to, do wanted to do that. And oh, he, he was like, wait, what? <laughs> it would have been something to, you know, to lead with when <laughs> I'm dating you. My wife's the same way. She's She grew up in love with Jacques Cousteau, and her big dream was to be a marine biologist. But that was like, for her, that was like, well, that's I'm not going to pursue that because I'll never be that. And it was Why? just like, I don't know. It, but but the funny thing is, um, I, you know, my dream is was a, just as crazy. Be a cartoonist? Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, professionally? That's It's stupid. Especially when we wanted to be, when we first started wanting to be a cartoonist because there was no internet and the only way to become one was through this ridiculous gatekeeper yeah. system. Yeah. And I remember uh, like on my 16th birthday, I had mono and I was trapped inside and my parents and my family was building a deck out back. And I missed that. We were The whole plan for the summer was to build this deck. We'd be out back building the deck. So I'm missing that. And uh, But I could hear them out my window. My bedroom window was right against the backyard. And our neighbor came over to to check on the progress, and he was an illustrator. Well, my dad assumed I guess was asleep or couldn't hear, and he says, "Listen, my boy thinks he's going to be a cartoonist. You work in art. How realistic is this? You know how 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 smart is it for me to encourage this?" And I'm like, "Oh yes, I've had conversation with this man about art. He's going to tell my dad it's you know to, to encourage me." And he said, "Frank." The people that succeed at those careers are the ones that are too stupid to realize it's impossible. <laughs> and I was just like, oh, <laughs> betrayed. <laughs> but now as an adult, he's fucking right. Yeah. Like, I just, and what's funny is without even, it wasn't like I took that as a challenge, but it was by default. Like, I remember all through high school and even college, like, I went to college because my dad had a hang-up about the fact that he only had a two-year degree and not a four-year degree, and that he only went to a, a um, what's it called? Not not a university, but a um, oh, community college. A community college, and that and that, that's all a bunch of baggage that my grandmother put on him that it wasn't a four-year degree, and his son was going to be the first one that got a four-year degree at a university. So that's why I went to college. But the whole time it was. Oh, yeah, I'm getting my degree and I'm going to teach or I'm going to get my degree and go into commercial art, but not really because I'm going to break into comics before that happens. Like that was always yeah. in my head. Yeah. And and looking back on that, it was just fucking crazy. And that's why what's funny is when Corey came on board to to be my like my um, production manager and like my business guy. And he said, okay, now that I'm coming on, you're going to have a lot of more bandwidth, so it's time for you to determine what it is you want to do next. And I said, well, I want to increase revenue here and this. And he goes, no, 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 no. You understand what I'm saying? What do you want to do next? And I said, fuck, Corey. I don't know. I had only planned on becoming a cartoonist. This wasn't supposed to happen this quickly. Yeah. yeah. And it didn't happen super quick, but, like, I didn't think I'd be here in my 40s. Yeah. Like, it shouldn't have worked. <laughs> it have, I love that. It shouldn't have worked. But uh, but 
so I want to talk to you because like it's it's very interesting looking at these dreams, these goals, and seeing some of them as un- unattainable. To me, in my mind, the most unobtainable goal is making a feature film. Like, <laughs> no one's just going to say, I want to make a feature film and then fucking make one. Yeah. No one wants, <laughs> no one says, I think I'm going to write and produce a feature film starring John Krasinski and Emily Blunt and Danny DeVito and Ian McKellen and Sylvester Stallone, you know, and Harvey Firestein. And then just fucking make it. No one does that. You can't just do that. You can't just make it. And the funny and thing is, I never wanted to make a film. Uh, how it, is that possible? Well, because if you remember, since I've known you up until 2002, all I'd ever wanted to do was make Spider-Man. I wanted to be the artist on Spider-Man. That you were was, the artist on Spider-Man. That was well, that 2002 is when that mm-hmm. happened. So up until I put, up until I was like, 33, 34 years old, I had spent the last 15, 16, 17 years going to every comic convention, showing my portfolio, Portfolio. getting rejected. I I mean, I've got a whole drawer dedicated to Spider-Man pitches that got just rejected, all the different styles, all the whatever it is. Um, So up until that point, I had, I was going to art school, 19, 20 years old, going to art school. Just want to do Spider-Man. Just want to do Spider-Man. Well, they're teaching me how to be an illustrator. They're teaching me how to be a painter. They're teaching me how to design. I, I don't care. I just want to do Spider-Man. Just want... So some of that's starting to seep in. Junior year, I get an internship at Sega of America. Now I'm working on Sega Genesis 8-bit games. I did Kid Chameleon. So now I'm working in video games, learning animation, you know, 16-bit. I don't care. I just want to do Spider-Man. Then from there, I graduate and I start working for Atari games, I'm a game designer now. So now I'm designing video games for a couple of years, arcade games, Primal Rage, Area 51. I don't care, I just wanna draw Spider. So every night I go home. Oh yeah, that's all just tiding you over until you get to draw Spider. Exactly, that's exactly. all I'm exactly. And So I'm like, I've got oh, all yeah. these really cool events. Then I go, we move down to, L- to LA, yep. working for Malibu Comics, I'm yep. doing covers for Star Trek, we're doing Mortal Kombat. Mm-hmm. I mean, but you were matter. working for, for Malibu Interactive. Yeah, and his paycheck was, came from the video game side. Yeah, and uh, I was working for Malibu Comics because we Malibu. could never have lived on my paycheck. I got paid squat. Yeah, but but the thing is, is that through all of that, then I started working on Casper. I'm working on movies. Right. I'm working on Power Rangers. Mm-hmm. None of it made a. I didn't give a crap about any of it because mm-hmm. all I'm thinking about is Spider Man. Yeah. That's all my paycheck. That's all I was doing. So I was getting all of these wonderful career things. Didn't care. Didn't care. Get Spider Man, and then I was like, huh. I did it. I mean, it was 10 months of my life. Right. But it was just like, I did it. And it was like, now what? And, and that's when we kind of looked at each other. And we're like, no, no, no. Here's the story. My last girlfriend got pregnant and he looks at me and I was like, geez, do we want to have kids? Do we not want to have kids? I don't know. Do we want to? Do- I don't know. And he looks at me and he goes, well, he goes, I did Spider-Man and I can die now. So we can have kids. <laughs> and I thought. Well, that's a great way to look at it. <laughs> I got nothing else to live for. Yeah. yeah, I'm done. No, I'm good. But, sure, fine. But the thing is, is that it that's that that's the moment. Once I accomplished that it'll never happen dream at 30-something years old, then it was just like, and what do I do next? He didn't care because it was CGI, and he didn't care that he was drawing it or not, you know, just, hand drawing or whatever. I got to he just got wanted to do, to do yeah. Spider-Man. And I think, and he's told countless people since then, he said, you know, your dream may not coming to fruition, it may not look exactly like what you thought it was going to look like because right. he always wanted to 
you know, yeah. hand draw and everything else. He said, but you still get to do it. So you have to, he always framed it as though. You got to take that victory. This is, I wanted to do Spider-Man and I got to do Spider-Man. Yeah, because like, like um, Kevin Grievous, you know, you were just, you were just talking about him. Right. You know, he is the same way. He wants to write Thor. He wants to write Hulk. He wants to write the Fantastic Four. He is huge comic geek. Well, he got a chance to write one. And he's like, no, 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 no. That wasn't the story I wanted to write. Yeah. You know, this is what they gave me to do. I'm like, you got to do it. Yeah. And he can't move on no. because, you know, and it's like, dude, you could. Be, but so I, I feel like I had it. Anyways, the whole thing about making the movie did not occur to me. It didn't occur to me until um, it was Marv Wolfman and Len Wein uh, and, and, and David Wise and all mm -hmm. those guys who were telling me, Scott, create your own stuff. You did that. You got it. It's out of your system. Mm -hmm. Make right. your own stuff. We're sitting here watching Wolverine, uh, Swamp Thing, uh, Teen Titans. All the know, characters all they the characters created we for created Marvel and DC. Are making money. Yeah. Uh, David Weiss created the you know the the Teenage Mutant Ninja Tinge, mm -hmm. Teenage Mutant Ninja Tin Turtles Turtles oh, wow. series <laughs> yeah. for Disney. Like mm -hmm. he was given the yep. the the comic book and said, "Do something with this." And mm -hmm. he came up with Cowabunga. He came up mm -hmm. with all of that stuff. He came up with Bebop and yeah. Rocksteady. And he's you know. They, they were sitting there going broke yeah. because the, the you know the big studios were making mm -hmm. all the money. So that's when I started writing all those books for the kids because okay now we have kids. I've got I've got a muse. I've got someone to yeah. write so for. So is that where Dreamland Chronicles comes in? Yeah, Dreamland. Well, Dreamland Chronicles so Dreamland had been in my that. head since okay. I was a kid, yeah. just because I I I I'd always had lucid dreams. Then in college, I discovered Little Nemo in Slumberland, mm -hmm. right? And and the question just came of. What happened to Little Nemo when he grew when he grew up? Mm -hmm. Did he still go back to Slumberland? So that that was yeah. always in my head, but I didn't start it until after the boys were born. And um, so I had written about 13, 14, 15 books, and uh, Disney optioned pet robots, MTV optioned mm -hmm. uh, hyperactive. Oh, hyperactive, Fox optioned uh, the Luckiest Boy. Mm -hmm. We had Nickelodeon with Emperor. We had and stuff just kept getting optioned, and nothing would happen. Oh, they'd so, sit on it for yeah. A it year. would just sit in development hell. Like Colin Trevorrow, who wrote right. um, and directed Jurassic World, he mm -hmm. he wrote a, a draft uh, for Disney uh, mm -hmm. for Pet Robots, mm -hmm. and they they passed on it. And I, mm -hmm. So the rights come back after three mm -hmm. years, and so this just kept happening over almost a decade. So from say 2003 2004 to about 2011 ish, yeah. um, it was we were just tired of this, and it was finally just a point to saying. Well, let's just do this ourselves. And I think yeah, people don't realize when your when your idea is optioned, that doesn't mean they're going to make a movie. It just means no. they bought the right to make the movie if they. It's one to. out of a thousand yeah. that 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 it happens. It's a cool thing if a studio wants to option it, but it doesn't get you very far. Yeah, and and the thing is, is that basically optioning is it it benefits both parties in the way that it benefits the studio because they take it off the shelf. Mm -hmm. It's, yeah. it's no longer in the market. Like, you know, Hey, yeah. no one else can make this movie, but us. Yep. And if we don't want to make it for the next three years, you know, whatever it benefits the creator financially. I was only getting $25,000 a year it was nothing, nothing. Yeah. you know, but it's still free money, you know? Yeah. Um, but uh, it also benefits you because they put out a press release. Right. And and everybody hears, oh, hey, Disney just optioned right. pet robots. And right. So you can, you know. You, that, look, and, you look hot. You look like you're the next up and coming thing. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I can't tell you the number of people in the comic book industry that would create 
number one issues of a book they had no intention of continuing just so it could get optioned and they could get yeah that sure experience. yeah which is you know they're they're not storytellers they're mm-hmm. just you know it those people go really well with um you remember um scott rosenberg from uh he he, he you know i was ran. gonna say well, you worked for malibu which meant you worked for rosenberg, scott rosenberg and he was going yeah. around and he was buying up for his platinum studios buying up ips what are people piece so- of shit <laughs> well those people go well together you've got the people who are like hey i've got an idea and people who are like hey i'll buy that idea mm-hmm. cheap yeah yep. and and nothing happens from it and and mm-hmm. I think there was just that, or he takes all the rights and gives them no residuals at all whatsoever. Yeah. yeah, but 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 the point is, is that yeah, we we had no intention of making a movie. We did it because no one else was going to make it happen. That's that's really the same thing that you did with with uh, the web comics. They're the mm-hmm. gatekeepers True. that you're just like, I'm never going to get in here. I'm just going to do this myself. And I learned that well, from you. I appreciate that, but I have to I have to think that you're decision to make animal crackers was more deliberate because mine mine happened because i just wanted to create and put it out there it it wasn't until it started being a thing that i didn't know was going to happen that i thought i can run with this yeah you know it wasn't a plan at one point it became the plan but it didn't start out as the plan but i think that's the same with us i at one point, it became the plan. It would have been so much easier to have someone like we, Disney make the movie. Sure. You know, but I mean, we were down on our luck. We were, you know, we were having all these financial troubles and this and that and the other thing. And um, we were trying to figure out what we were going to do. And we had people that we were working with who were like, just give us a little more time. Just give us a little more time. You know, we've got, we had a trailer. We had this other stuff ready to go. And we were trying so desperately to make it work. Yeah. And um, And I looked at him and I said, you know what? This is what we're going to focus on because he didn't. I mean, he was Donna just, saw it. Donna saw I it saw the I potential did, of it. And she was like, and I'll go back to work. And she went and she took a part time job unloading the docks at Target at five in the morning. It was fine. You know, well, hold on was, a second. Let's back up a second. So you sit down, you write in Animal Crackers had been a book, correct? Yeah. Yeah. First, it's always a book. Right. OK, so now you decide you're going to produce it on your own, correct? Yeah. So you wrote a script. Yeah. Yep. What's the next step? The next step was getting financing, and that's what took a couple years. Okay. Um, and well, so we realized we also needed we needed a trailer because no one in Hollywood and no funding people understand what something should look like. So you have to do it's like more a thirty of a proof second of concept, right? right. You have to yeah. do sort of you know let thank you proof of concept to show them what it's going to look like because money people are visual and yeah. they have no. You know, the creative stuff kind of goes out the window. You got to yeah. say, this is what it's going to look like. And so, everybody's walking around Hollywood saying, yeah, yeah it's going to be great. Yeah. <laughs> you know? right, so you right. got to you got to show sure. them a little bit. And so, yeah, so we, so did we put that. that together with a friend of ours in um, Spain, in Spain yeah. and got that ready to go. And um, and then Harvey Weinstein saw mm-hmm. it and uh, read and they had yeah. so coverage. Um, I'd never heard the term coverage. Um, what it, is this coverage? is my first script. Yep. And. Uh, and so Harvey's like, you know, yeah, I need to see a trailer or mm-hmm. need to see a proof of concept. So we put that together. Yep. They did uh, coverage. And um, and so all I kept hearing was the coverage was really good. I'm like, well, what is the coverage? What does that and mean? And so, yeah, what is it? And so yeah. finally I got somebody from the Weinsteins to send me it. And it's a book report that yeah. they do. Because Harvey's never going to read your no. script. Never going to read it. He right. wants someone to give him a book report in the Cliff Notes. Mm-hmm. 
And so it's it grades you, mm -hmm. you know, uh, story, yeah. characters, this, yep. that, originality, whatever. Oh. And it grades it from like, you know, one to five stars. And and then and then it's got a, a like a log line. <coughs> so here's the entire movie in three sentences. Yep. Here's the entire movie in, you know, short summary. Here's yep. a breakdown. Here's our recommendation. So mm -hmm. it was like, you know, we were getting A's and B's and weird. And so it, it was really interesting to see, especially for my first script, to see. Yeah. How that, they look at it, how know? they pick it apart, and how they determine that they want it. Yeah, and I think that's what gave Donna the confidence to say, we need to pursue this on our own. Because Harvey was just going to take it. Oh, yeah, that was the best part was in coming from the not creative side of it, but looking at the business side of it and saying, having somebody say, yeah, you know what? We love your husband's script. We, we think this is great. We'll just take it. And I'm like, well, what are they going to give us for it? And he's like, nothing credit and <laughs> you know, you'll get, I, I just about went bananas yeah, i thought i'm gonna pay you an option or anything no no they no. wanted to freaking take it they wanted us to go and raise the money for it yeah too. and then they were gonna take it and distribute it yeah you know this is great we think this is great yeah. go ahead raise the money make the movie yeah and then we'll take it from here and it's oh, like, yeah. we're like, I love, look at his face yeah i love his face wait yeah. a second but this is harvey weinstein yeah. we're talking about yeah. you know so i mean he was yeah. notorious for that. Yep. So it wasn't a shock, but I think that was the point where Donald's like, hell no. Now, mind you, that's exactly we what I were, too. our house was in foreclosure. They had yeah. just repoed our car. We were on yeah. food stamps. Yeah. We, we, were, we were done. We yeah. were done. We had nothing going yeah. on. And Donna's like, we're going to do this. And mm -hmm. so she went, she worked at Target for a few months. Mm -hmm. And then she got a temp job answering phones for mm -hmm. another company and that turned into a full-time job mm -hmm. and she did that for two years three years three years so that was from what? 2011 to 2014 14. yeah what okay so hold on a second you have two boys you yep. have a house in foreclosure you're on food stamps yep you're at the you're at the bottom you're at the rock worst. bottom rock bottom what makes you say this is the time to double down on this movie idea and not give up because I just I think the stories that we've written and the the world is a really messed up place and the stories that that he's written and the things that we have make people happy yeah. and I've seen it time and time again we've gone to shows and we've he's done interviews and we've talked to people and they've said you know my 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 little boy my little girl they love your stories they love your books this is fantastic and I just I don't know I just Something just said, you got to do this. You've got to do this. In, and so I thought, I'm the one who is a dime a dozen. I should be easily able to go out and get a job. He no tried to look. Me. Yeah, he tried 40, to look for a job. 40-something-year-old He's run his own company. He's done all of these things. And they even looked at me and said, okay, you've run your own company for 10 years. But what have you really done? And I thought, I've done everything. I'm the bookkeeping. I'm the shipping department. I'm the marketing right. department. I'm the web department. Yeah. I am everything. I've done all of this. How the hell can you possibly say to me that I have no skills for running my own company? And yet here we here we were. And so I I got a job doing um and the boys were in second grade, third grade, something like that, and I got a job um as an admin answering mm. phones. And honestly, I didn't want any more of that because I wanted to be when I was home, I was home and I was helping him and I was with the kids. And I didn't want anything heavier to bring home. And right. 
you know, I just wanted to go to work, get she the was, paycheck and come home. That was it. She, you know, she went from minimum wage to, I think within six months, you were at least making no, 30000 No, they hired me uh, three months after I started. They hired me full time because I told her I was going to go. I'm saying minimum wage over at Target. Job. Oh so yeah, from minimum there, wage was about target. six months. Yeah, it was about six, six months, months. She was making at least thirteen, you know, thirty thousand dollars a year, which was enough to get us off food stamps and uh, benefits. And then the whole thing, which I, was really good. Yeah, I was working to get the house, get the house back. We did, and yeah. we got like a loan from the government, you know, like a low APR mm-hmm. loan, and and uh, we're look, we're, we're we're you know, we had. Yeah, IDW really screwed us, and that's why we were kind Ugh. of in that spot. You know, was was we had all of those books I had published. Yep. We paid for the production. We paid for production. We paid for all, all the artists. We paid for everything. Yep. And then uh, we were supposed to split the profits 50-50. Yep. And they oh, never, wow. they put them out there they never and they us. never marketed anything because they thought, oh, well, Scott's optioning things. So yeah. we'll just ride on his coattails. And they never marketed the books. They never did anything. We never it saw a dime a, yeah, from Yeah, it was books. kind of a perfect storm because they thought that the yeah. movies were going to go into production. We had like four movies yeah. optioned. Right. They yeah. thought some of them were going to go into production. Sure. Um, but also we had a deal that was, Hey, we both invest. You guys invest into printing yep. and, dis- and, and shipping. We'll invest into production right. and we split the profits 50, yep. 50. That was our contract. Yeah. And, uh, I remember I got a call from Ted Adams one day and he's like, look, we dropped the ball. You know, you didn't get, you know, you're not, we don't have any money for you. You know, basically they spent their, our share. Um, but yeah. we had $180,000 in credit card yep. bills. Because, you know, we were putting, because we weren't getting any income. Nope. We were, everything no. was betting on yep. that. And the $25,000 we were getting in from the studios per year yep. was basically what we were living off of. And so we put all of that into mm-hmm. the credit cards. And so now she got, she's, you know, she gets mm-hmm. us off of food stamps. We still had $180,000 worth of credit card bills, which we were just like, it went to collections. And like I said, they, you know, they repoed the car okay. and everything. He doesn't need all. No, but the point was, really? that- but it drives me nuts. It drives me nuts about these comic book companies. The, the, the middle ones, not indies that what that are self publishers and not Marvel yeah. and DC because they're owned by big conglomerates, but dark horse image, Oni, IDW, it, it my experience with those companies, and I could be talking out of my ass, but my experience with those companies is no one of those companies run it like a goddamn real company. It's mm-hmm. like, you know, hey, what do we what do we need to run this company? Well, we're going to need an accountant. Okay, so should I go on Indeed.com and look up accountants? Well, no, I know this person that used to work exactly. at this convention. Yeah. And they'll be our accountant. Well, do they have an accounting degree? No, but I know them from, you know, from, yeah. you know. I've Emerald known them City for Co- five years. They're yeah. good. Okay, well, what else do we need? Well, we need a marketing PR department. Okay, so I'll go on Indeed. I'll try to find a really good marketer. Oh, no need. This guy used to run this show over here, and I know him. And then you are a, now a creator at this company, and you're like, hey, how come I'm not getting really reliable accounting reports, and why are there's no press release for my new book? And Yeah. You know, it's because the guy doing the press release is trying to get his own comic pitched to the goddamn company yeah. because yeah. – it's all it's all this weird incestuous thing, and then even if they in a perfect world if they did market the goddamn thing, they're marketing it to the people that are already buying comics anyway. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And especially because I was making yeah. kids books, right. they were supposed to be marketing it to the book industry. Sure. No, and they didn't. They're know marketing it yet. to the one goddamn buyer of comics at all. Diamond. Com- yep. at, at Diamond. Yeah, that's Diamond exactly books. what they were doing. Yeah, that's all they do. That's it, all yeah, they so, know so, how to do. Now the good news is is. The, the compromise was they just sent us the inventory. So we got the toys. We got right. the 
We got the books sure. and whatnot. I went which, the same thing with Image. Yeah. And then, God forbid, you decide you're going to fucking think out of the box and do something that's actually innovative. Mm-hmm. They come and yell at you because the retailer's pissed that you put something out there before they got it. And this whole <laughs> thing has to be to support these retailers. Yeah. Yeah. And that's yeah. when I told them. <laughs> yep. Yeah. It was, it was. It's hard. It's hard to. Yeah. To do that. And back then they didn't have, you know, printing on demand like they do now. They didn't have yeah. a lot of the stuff that they have, that they have, they offer now. And it's just, we were paying for, I mean, we were shipping pallets from China, you know, I mean, paying for shipping to yeah. come over here. I mean, it's just well, that, ridiculous. That the cost. publishing like with yeah, Uncle. Exactly. And, and it was, that, I mean, it's been, it's, but it, the whole time it's been nuts. Yeah. You know? So, so back to the, so she's, she's working mm-hmm. and we get, uh, so everybody was looking for three years. I was calling everybody. Oh. Hey, do you know anybody who has, tw- well, we were looking for $10 million. Right. If anybody has $10 million, you know, we want to make a movie. Mm-hmm. So that's basically the pitch. I'm calling friends because right. I don't know anybody who's rich. So I'm asking all of my friends if they know somebody who's rich or if they know somebody who might know somebody who's rich. So, uh, <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> that, that was what she put all of her hopes and dreams on. Um, so I know, I'm crazy, right? I'm crazy. Right. So, um, back when I worked at Atari back in 1993, 94. Yep. Um, I met a guy named Harry Mock. Now, Harry Mock was Sylvester Stallone's stunt double in Rambo. And, uh, and he, you know, he'd done a bunch of, uh, low budget movies, uh, mm-hmm. just a really great guy. And we just became friends and he would throw mm-hmm. us work whenever like he threw us a project. We were working mm-hmm. on a project with Shaquille O'Neal yep. and we were doing something with Master, uh, Master P. P and, and James yeah. Hong and, and a bunch. Of, so Harry's um, a good guy. Yeah. He's a good solid guy. Solid guy. So Harry is like, I got this, Scott, I'm going to get you your $10 million. We're like, okay, well, he went to a party uh-huh. in, uh, at the American film market mm-hmm. in Santa Monica. He met a guy named Michael Favell. Okay. who is from Australia. Michael Favell knew mm-hmm. uh, a guy named Nick Risher, who knew yep. a name, a guy named Marcus Weta, who yep. knew a na- guy named, who was, there was one more guy, okay, who this knew these two guys. from Ant-Man. Yeah, exactly. Seriously. Who knew, who knew these two guys, George and Marcus, mm-hmm. who knew uh, a guy named Richard Wong, who knew a gal named Lei Ming, mm-hmm. who knew Lei Pan Wong. Pan, mm-hmm. who knew Alex, mm-hmm. who worked for Mrs. Mu. And Mrs. Madame Mu, Mu. Madame yeah, Mu. Madame Mu in China was the one who handed us a yep. $10 million check. Yep. So you've, I had to name take- 20 people yeah. and, and 19 of them have Star Trek names. I don't know what the <laughs> fuck you're telling me right now, what yarn and- you're spinning. And when you and when you ask us why the list of producers on IMDb yeah. is that long, because I gave it's because every single every one person of them wanted to produce. It was it, and everybody, yeah. everybody except for Harry, pretty much everybody held the money hostage. Yep. So it was Harry's like, I got this guy Michael Favell, yep. but he can't do it unless you know unless he yeah. could be this the sales guy. Okay, he's a sales guy. Sure. Okay, so Michael Favell's got this guy named Nick, but he won't do it unless he gets credit. You know, okay. Yeah. And then t- so everybody, so it was like, stop. They're hold their hands Good. out. Next person, stop. Christ. Hold their hands out. You know, yeah. Oh yeah. And, and some people were harder negotiators. Some people just got a, a thank you. Other mm-hmm. people's got full producers credit yep. and like one hundred fifty thousand yep. dollars. And and it just, but all along oh, it was the a way, freaking. Re- 
But like, you you can't even imagine. Like it's, yeah. it's just ridiculous. So so it was, you know. So you know, at first you're indignant, right? And then you're like, what do I care? It's not my money. Yep. I'm going to make a movie. Yep. Right. What do I care? I'm it's handing a, out. It's was, a mindset shift. You start off and you're just pissed off that everybody's got their hand yeah. out, and then you think to yourself, you think, wait a second. If I can eventually get to the part to where I can get the money, then I can do what I want to do. If I do. have to spend a million dollars on all of these people, right. I'm still given nine million dollars right. to make to a make movie. the movie. Right, I'll, I'll do that. It's yeah. not it's not optimal, but nine but we'll, million dollars is better than no million but, dollars. But, here's, so. but you're like, wait, I get to make a movie. I get to make a movie, and so, so. you 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 give all of that up. And yeah. I was handing out producer credits like candy on Halloween. Oh yeah, I mean, that was you could be a producer. Like, here you, you go, could be a producer. Fling, we're flinging. Totally and we're not. Fine. We're flinging the big candy bars. Yeah. you know, we're, we're like, <laughs> sure, you can have fifty grand, and, no problem. And so, and and I remember um, just one day, you know, one day it yeah. was I think like the first like three or four million dollars just showed up into our account. Yeah. So you go Holy from shit. I cried. Yeah, I fully you cried. You go from it was we were in foreclosure. Yep, we were on food stamps three years ago, yep. and she's she was still working this forty. I think she got a raise up to forty thousand dollars a year. It was forty five. Yeah, forty five. She was still working a, a that job, and now there's suddenly three or four million dollars in our bank account with another six well, or it seven was in million the, coming in. Let's. It was in the production bank account, right. not yeah, our yeah. personal bank account, the production bank Still. account. Still. And you know and what's interesting yeah. to me is all these people down the line who are facilitating this financing are all in it for their one credit and yep. two cash. Yeah. Oh yeah. You guys desperately, desperately, desperately need the cash. And all you're concerned about is being able to make the movie. Yeah. 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 Well, I think at that point then it became I think once once you start working towards it, it mm-hmm. became an obsession. It became yeah. You have to do we it. We can at really that point. do this. You yeah. have to believe in it because you're selling it. Yeah. To a hundred different people trying to get the money. You have and to then know now what you're, you're starting about. to believe that yeah. this movie's really going to be oh, yeah. kind of cool and it's going to be please, fun. Uh, please do tell me though that you paid yourselves a salary for making the movie. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. I just, I would be upset if you were that. No, she's laughing because we really didn't. Let Um, me tell you, there's another, that's another story. Well, uh, real quickly. um, Make it short because it's long. She tells the long stories. I'll tell the quick ones. Um, So, uh, (laughs) so what we did was um, we just paid her. $45,000 $45,000 Oh, yeah. A year. My, my deal with him was... She quits her job. I quit my job. And she comes and she gets right. $45,000 a year. And I get to... Now, but I get... But no words to me about if I go to help the kids at school, if yeah, I go to could, do this, could, if I go to... Free range to do whatever I want. Of, she was in charge of writing the check. She was in yeah. charge of uh, salaries. Balancing the budget. Balancing the budgets, contracts, everything. Yep. She, was the, she was the full producer. Oh, so pick the something. That, the guy that does nothing gets one hundred and fifty grand scot free yeah. on the movie. Yeah. You who have to do all the work, you get forty five k. Yeah, correct. Yeah, and you have to be promised not to uh, be yelled at when you also uh, manage the house and deal with the kids. <laughs> correct. <laughs> yes, that that actually was stipulated in my agreement. Now, I did get yeah. one hundred fifty thousand dollars to write the screenplay, and that went to pay off right. all of the credit card. We paid know, off all of the debts. All we had borrowed money so from family that. to pay and, off our debts, so we paid them back. It's funny because when we, we when, got clean with everything, I mean, we owed nothing. Yeah, we, what paid, a relief, we paid all though. the family off and everything. Yeah. Now, the funny thing is, is that um, we had a list. 
of things like if we get this movie, oh, this is what we're gonna don't, do. Don't tell. And about it was that. no. Don't tell him about the just new underwear for the Scott. kids, new socks <laughs> for the kids. Um, we got to fix the sink in the bathroom. You know, a new a new uh, barbecue because the barbecue is broken. I mean, you know, we have three million dollars in the bank, please and I think our the- entire <laughs> expense for our wish list was about maybe fifteen hundred bucks. Yeah. <laughs> that is the greatest moment ever on this podcast. Please don't tell him. Please don't. No one for the kids. Scott! Well, I mean, I didn't want him to... Look, they were not dying. Like, they had food, and of they course. just had some holes in their socks, and maybe some holes in the waistband of their underwear, but it was okay. Yes. No, yeah. the show is called Surviving Creativity. We're not <laughs> painting pretty pictures here. Don't worry Well, about it. okay. It's, it wasn't pretty. Let's put it that Yeah, but it was, it was good. You know, we... Uh, the the one we gift- didn't know we didn't know what to do with ourselves at that point we were like you got to be kidding I mean like we I think I fully cried when we were able to buy ourselves like socks and yeah. buy ourselves like stuff and yeah. and and just take care of what we needed to take care of without I mean there was breathing room yes and that was so huge because we had been living hand to mouth for so long. We were worried we were going to lose the house. We were, I mean, you know, you, yeah. we were worried how you're going to feed your kids and how you're going to do this. Yeah. And then, she, I mean. She really didn't like food stamps. She didn't, she, she, no. she just did not like, she was. It was, it was, it was sad. It was her. humiliating. And it was, it was, um, it was a rough time. And when we got done, I, um, when we were off the food stamps, which was great because that was because I was going back, I went back to work and we got off of that because I had, I had a paycheck and I was yeah. really proud about that. And I called our accountant and I said, um, when we, when the money came in and we were actually had money, I said, I want to pay this back. How do I pay this back to the food stamp people? And he said, there's no method to yeah, she pay wanted them to back. Repay the government. I did. For, for I wanted to repay them back. For, Why? You know, a year and a half or whatever. You already she did just, when you earned the money. I know. She just, she just I, it was a thing. I just felt like somebody else is going to need this and I want to help and I want to do that. So he said, you'd be better off taking the money and giving it to Second Harvest Food Bank. Yeah. So we did. Oh, wow. I wrote a check to Second Harvest Food Bank and they were, they went bananas and they sent me all these thank you letters and everything else. And I was like, been there, done that. Please feed people. And so that's what we did instead of of paying it back. That's what we did. And honestly, it felt, it felt so good to be able to do that because I just thought other people need, they need, a, they need help too. Yeah. We were able to get help when we needed it and other people need help. And that's, that's important. It's important. It is. It is, which is what made the last four years so scary was it seemed like our country was starting to forget. That. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. But so, okay. So now you've got 3 million in the bank with six more coming. What's the next step to so, so now it's the fun part. Now, yeah, because now, now, now it's you the fun. can actually create. Yeah. So yeah. so um, I was able to hire Dean Laurie, who wrote Arrested Development. Okay. Okay. I'll be right. Um, no problem. I was able to hire Dean Laurie, um, and so he helped me with a second draft because I write really young. I was writing kids stuff, and so okay. he brought a little bit more edge. You know, he wrote a lot of Chesterfield's dialogue, Danny DeVito's dialogue. But actually, at the time, he was working with Robin Williams on Crazy Ones. So oh, wow. Robin Williams was supposed to play Chesterfield the Clown. And so uh, uh, um, Dean brought in Robin Williams' comedy writer, and we were writing for Robin. 
for that whole time, which was really cool because I was so excited to meet Robin Williams. And, uh, and you know, Robin has a cadence, you know, it's oh, like, sure. you know, you could do a boom and a boom and a boom and a boom. And he's just all over the place, but, but they can write for that. And then he can go, you know, off script from there too. Um, so we were kind of writing for that. Um, Tony Bancroft, who directed Mulan, um, he let oh, me, yeah, you know, know both Dean and Tony let me use their name to help sell it because I'm nobody. And so I needed people with credentials to say, oh yeah, and Dean and Tony are gonna co-write and co-direct with me. And so finally I was like, hey, guess what? For the last four years, you guys have been letting me use your name. Here's a paycheck, you know, yeah. come, and, come and do this. So that was really kind of cool. But the casting was the craziest thing. So why didn't you get Robin? Because he passed? Yeah, he was, I think we were weeks away from getting in the studio with him and then, yeah, he passed. Oh my gosh. And, uh, and it was, you know, I mean, it's, it's as devastating as it can be, we sure. still never met him, but it was still a shock, you know? Oh, right. um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But the thing is, is, um, casting for your film. Um, so, you know, I, I wrote a script, I wrote a script and I know I, I I've, spoken to you a few times about like say pvp and you're like yeah i have an idea of who i'd want to play these roles well you know for animal crackers because i i i only had two voices in my head when i was writing it one was ian mckellen for horatio i just heard it in this Brit british voice and and uh and the other one was patrick warburton for brock it was just that those were the only two so um i gave those names to my casting director jamie thomason and he's like, well, what about the others? Like, I really, I don't have a preference. Um, so he started throwing some names out and he went after Ian McKellen. He's like, Patrick, I know because we can get Patrick. So he went after Ian McKellen. Our budget only had room for one big name. It's a $10 million movie. We can pay one person a lot of money and everybody else gets scale. Um, yeah, and something interesting you told me while you were making the movie was when you think about the the big amount of money that these actors get paid they're not getting paid that for the acting they're getting paid that for the press they do afterwards yeah yeah mm -hmm. yeah they're getting paid for the to use of their name yep. really yeah yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah and and uh but but um because because there are more talented character uh voice actors mm -hmm. sure you know doing work on a daily basis but it's the cachet that these big names bring mm -hmm. um so uh, Ian McKellen's people uh, were pretty slow in getting back to us. Ian McKellen was busy with a stage play and, uh, and didn't Everybody have a chance to read it, whatever it is. Slow. So Jamie decided, because the, the agents are like, well, if Ian, because they're like, this Animal Crackers movie is a nobody movie. Scott's a nobody. He's probably not going to say yes. So why don't we throw this out to a wider net of people? <clears throat> So then next thing you know, Ben Affleck and Jennifer Garner are reading it. Chris Evans mm -hmm. is reading it. Chris Hemsworth is reading it. Chris Pine is reading it. All the Chris's were reading it, you know? <laughs> um, you know, it got sent out Donna's to- Donna's drooling at this point. Oh yeah, because it was like every week it was like, hey, what do you yeah. think of Chris Pine? And Donna was like, yes. What do you <laughs> think about Chris? Yes, you know? So, and it was just, and, and her answer was, is, as long as I get to meet them, as long yes. as I get to meet them, you know? Yeah. So, uh, so every week it was a roller coaster of imagining this movie yeah. 
with Chris Evans. Oh my God, Captain America. Okay, yeah. And so you're 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 reading the script with his right. voice in it, you know? Or it was Scarlett Johansson as Zoe. And so you're like, I okay. Didn't, I didn't see that one. Yeah, but you're 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 thinking of all these different names and you're going, okay, you know this. And then yeah. you, we knew Robin Williams. Okay, we knew Patrick Warburton. Yeah. And so you're 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 seeing it. And so this went on for three months yeah. with this roller coaster of Jennifer Garner and Ben Affleck. Yeah. They're married. They think this would be fun to do together. Yeah. Um, so, okay, you know, all right, I could see that. And so we're starting to think of it that way. Two weeks later, yeah, no, they're not going to do it. Okay, so it was like, all right, so now it's this. Which we always say was great because we dodged a bullet because their divorce blew up and that was ugly. <laughs> yeah, not yeah. good for a children's movie. Yeah, no. so so it was really this roller coaster up and down yeah. and up and down and up and down. And then just one day I get a call saying, hey, guess what? Ian McKellen said yes. We were like, oh my gosh, yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, we completely amazing. freaked out. We were like, wait, what? And then it was just like, what? but there's a little bit more. What? Yeah. Well, because they had the same agent, Danny DeVito and Sylvester Stallone heard that Ian McKellen said yes. And they figured if Ian McKellen said yeah. yes, it must be a good script. So they want to be in the movie too. Yeah. And we're like, wow. we, we can't afford you know them yeah. it's like a quarter million dollars a person you know yeah. we we can't we can't do that you know and, those are and some large checks those are some right? large Can checks I just tell you? so yeah. we went back to the chinese investors and we said what do you guys think we didn't ask them for more money we just said should we get they're like yeah we'll put up more money if it means we can have this cast yeah. and wow. so we're like okay so they became, liked the cachet of the names and they thought that it was definitely worth it yeah and then I was like, okay, let's not go for a big name for, you know, because we were looking at Chris Pine or, ben, mm -hmm. and and we had an offer, um, Justin Timberlake said yes, but he wanted, he wanted double what everybody else was yeah, making. Just for him. And I was like, uh, I, I love Justin Timberlake, but you know, I, I, I don't think I was not interested. So. Okay. But I was really upset when he came out with Trolls and he had that really cool song. And I was like, oh, that could have been our song. That's all that we talked been. about was that yeah. stupid song. Oh, my God. It was so good. I was like, I, I love that song. Um, so Yes, but Toad wrote a song yeah, of for course. our and film. Huey which, and Huey. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But, but so, um, so, so, he, so Jamie presents. He's like, okay, I got this guy. I think he's going to be big one day. His name is John Krasinski. I'm like, Okay, I never heard of the guy. You know, it was 2014. He's like, he's in this TV show called The Office. Yeah. I'm like, okay. You know, it, do you trust, do you trust, uh, I mean, do you think he's good? He's like, yeah. I'm like, okay, I trust yeah. you. You know, you we got we got the big names, you know, right. so. Okay, we'll, so we'll, he wasn't established yet. No, he wasn't established. Okay. At least not, at least not to me or, you know, most sure. people, you know. Um, so I was like, oh, <laughs> we'll give this guy a chance. We'll, well give him this big like break. Well, people like The Office, you know? but he wasn't what he is now. Yeah, by a long yeah. Shot. And, and so it was, and then he's like, for, for Zoe, we'll get um, uh, Kaylee Cuoco yeah. from The Big Bang Theory. I'm okay. like, okay, I've, I've, I've seen a couple episodes of Big Bang Theory. Okay, yeah, sure. So uh, <laughs> we're going to start filming. It's 2015 now. I fly out. John's there. Nicest guy in the world. Nicest guy. Just super sweet. Super sweet. First moment he says his lines, I'm like, Oh, this guy's it. This guy's yeah. this guy's so funny. That was that was something. Yeah, I sent it to Donna. I was recording it and yeah. sending it back to Donna. Hearing the words that he'd written, yeah, having them actually be spoken, like man, that was a that was a tear up moment yeah. because it all came to life. You know, you're like, I wrote that. And yeah, yeah, and he was just like, he would call me that, you know, after the recording sessions that night, and he'd be like, 
you believe this? And he would send me videos the whole time. Yeah. And I, I was, was just like, wow. And it was, it was insane. Yeah. It was and just, I was, it was crazy. But I, I actually was talking to you a little bit at that time. And you would confess to me that you had purchased a whole costume to be the LA guy. <laughs> the whole what? Your costume, your producer Oh, my, my producer. Costume. Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> I was like, so nervous. Yeah, and you're like, Scott, I bought all these new clothes and these hats, and I got a nice bag because I got to show up as L.A. Scott. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and, and it <laughs> I got vests. Yeah, I got he, shoes. But, I got. But he was so, he, he literally, we built a hobbit hole, but he's literally so happy just being home. Yeah. No kidding. So. When he had Thank to travel, God for Xanax. I mean, yeah, yeah. He, he started having to travel like every week he'd be out in L.A. No, he and, told me it was a coping mechanism. Yeah, yeah. it was. And so he would put on his hat it and put on me his clothes, it was, was, but he still does it to this day. Yeah, I still cosplay. He still, he's like, um, I'm cosplaying as a producer today. Um, or, or sometimes I just cosplay as a normal Notice human that. being. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, but, but um, I got to meet Raven. I got to meet Danny. Yeah. Kaylee Coco didn't show up. <sighs> Gee, she was getting paid. Every, uh, you know, she was getting paid as, as, as yeah. everybody else, uh, the same as Sylvester Stallone, the same as Danny DeVito, the same as Ian mm-hmm. McKellen, the same as John Krasinski. Yep. Didn't show up. Her, her lawyer was trying to get more money. But Uh-oh. there's this thing called Most Favored Nations yeah. that says, you, no one else can make more money than me. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, and it's in every single in, A-list so contract. So all the A-listers say, every single one. I'll, I'll take this, because you know, $250,000 is not a lot of money. For a Sylvester Stallone or a Danny DeVito right. or an Ian McKellen. It no. is not a lot of money. Uh, but they people, love the voice acting. They stuff. love to voice act. So, yeah. But they're saying, look, we'll take this lower. Because, you know, I mean, you've heard but the stories the of like. the hours that they're working. Yeah. Oh, it's not. It's yeah, ridiculous it's, it's money. But, but, the, but they're like, hey, we'll take this number so long as no one else is making more. And, that, and that's, exactly. that's not the actor so much as it is the agents. Right. Yeah. You know, right. but the point is, is that. So they were trying to renegotiate. We're like, we, we can't because then. You know, like if we raise you a hundred thousand, that's going to cost us an extra four hundred thousand yep. because we got to raise everybody else. Yep. Um, and and we just we already went back for more money. We can't keep doing mm-hmm. that. So come home. Uh, two weeks later, I fly back out with us this time. Yes, and with and, us. And, we no, 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 got no, 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 no. Was- it was it was the third time. So I did it twice, and Kaylee didn't show up. So the third time I go out, Donna and the boys come out because they're gonna we're gonna record them too. So we're hanging out. Don and Don and uh, Brendan is playing John, John Krasinski at twelve years old. Yeah. So we got right, a picture right. of them together and everything. It was cute. And Kaylee doesn't show up, and we had to fire her again. And and so we're just. I'm like, oh my god. So here we are. We're like, remember, just a few months, a few years ago, we were, you know, on food stamps, and now here we are firing Kaylee Coco. Yeah. You know, from our movie, and wow. and. Um, and I it's felt, a surreal life, I swear yeah. to God. Like, it's just, it's, I always say, I'm like, we haven't had, like, a life, we've had a wild ride. Yeah. Like, that's that's just our relationship. It's, well, it, just, it's it was, crazy. Well, it was heart-wrenching, too, because we're like, you know, yeah, this we is, had this to is get now going three weeks of voices. studio time, too. Yeah. yeah. And we've missed and, all this time of getting her in the studio, and we wanted her to, to play off of John a little bit, and yeah. she, well, she didn't show. Great googly moogly, a cliffhanger. That's right. This interview with the Savas is so epic, I had to split it in two. So if you want to find out what happens with Kelly Cuoco, 
and how the movie continues without her. You'll just have to tune in next week. If you would like to support Surviving Creativity, please share it with a friend. Send it an email, post it on Discord, let people know. Help spread the word. If you'd like to support us financially, you can visit patreon.com slash surviving creativity. Surviving Creativity is a Toonhound Studios production, and our associate producers are Bet Cardi, Dale Richardson, Jonas Marcus, and Chris Beverwick. See you next week. <laughs>